scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. Level two begins now, now, now. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them and everybody else in between. Throwing it down as the celebration has begun in Southern California, Dodger Nation across uh, the world celebrating the first uh, championship in 32 years. They get it done. As uh, the Los Angeles uh, Dodgers, they get a late home run from Mookie Betts. Uh, they get quality, quality pitching from Julio Urias, who really was a stud with ice in his veins. Uh, Gratterall uh, was rock solid as well. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, win. In six games. And the Dodgers open up as plus 400 favorites uh, to win uh, next year as well. Uh, controversy. And there's a lot of it. There's a lot of uh, lot of stuff to break down as far as this World Series uh, is concerned, including Dodgers infielder Justin Turner, who was removed um, from the baseball game in the ninth inning uh, due to a positive COVID test. And it's going to be a lot of questions about, like, why are, like, results of COVID tests coming back mid-game? What's the point of having COVID tests? Uh, if you don't know the results before players are exposing themselves to uh, to everybody else, uh, what you know, it's one of these. What did you know? When did you know it? Type of deals. And let me, I'll tell you what. If the Los Angeles Dodgers didn't win tonight, Justin Turner still has coronavirus. I don't like to play the what if game. I don't like hypotheticals in life. I don't like hypotheticals in sports. Right? Like I, I'm not a believer in. Well, you know, oh, they would have only been down by this or that because everything changes. Right, like if you add up like a missed field goal, oh, they would have won if you they didn't miss that field goal. They lost by three, and they missed a field goal earlier in the game. Now, nah, whatever, the complexion of the game changes with each second. It's like life, right? Like the, the, there's moments in time, there's moments in time, and they change. Uh, so Justin Turner still has COVID. Win or lose, Turner has coronavirus. And what are the chances that Justin Turner is the only one right now on the Los Angeles Dodgers with coronavirus? If he just tested positive, like, come on, you don't think anyone else on the team has it? So what other, like, positive results are going to come out? Or we're probably not going to find out, but I'm telling you right now, the Dodgers are damn lucky they won the game tonight because they might have had a depleted lineup. They might have looked like the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat years ago when they threw it down when everyone was suspended in alphabetical freaking order. Jason Packerman joins us next. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. How much? $100? $200? No. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Jerry. Sports Rage late night continues, as does the uh, the celebrations. Uh, in Los Angeles uh, right now and abroad. The Dodgers are an international team. Uh, Dodgers um, Dodgers very, very popular in the Dominican Republic, popular in Mexico, uh, popular in Japan. Like, the uh, Dodgers are, are a global brand. 
And, you know, they've always had one of the best farm systems in Major League Baseball. And the thing with the Dodgers, I know people think of the Dodgers and you hear Los Angeles and um, you, you think of sort of, well, you know, they spend a ton of money and, you know, they just sort of buy things. But it's not, not the case with the Dodgers. The Dodgers have always had one of the best farm systems and they've had more Rookie of the Year than any franchise by far, 18, I believe, off the top of my head. And Let's bring in a man that appreciates scouting, talent, development, a man that's won championships in his own right, um, former general manager of the Vancouver Canadians, steps up and enjoys it's been too long, but how could we uh, wrap up the baseball season without talking to our main man, Jason B. Takafin, who just steps up and in. Jason, my man, how you doing, bro? Always a pleasure. Gabe, the Dodgers are truly one of a global team, and not only are they very good at development, but they have five straight rookie of the years in the 90s. Carlos Piazza, Mondesi, Nomo, Hollinsworth. And then in the 80s, they have four straight. Like, they're a development machine. Very few franchises. That's like Montreal Canadiens-esque, but obviously before this down air in the last 20 years. They are, they are incredible. They are an yeah, incredible you know, machine of development. Yeah, you know, the Expos were great in the Dominican Republic. The Dodgers were one of the first ones. Like, the Dodgers basically were. Yeah. Like, to set up an academy there, and they caught on early. Um, you know, the Dodge, listen, man, the Dodger organization, it's amazing, like, how many barriers and things uh, that they've done. Um, it, it's amazing that they've done first, um, you know, not just with Jackie Robinson, but, um, you know, just a quick quick rundown uh, here right now. Dodgers were the first uh, Major League Baseball television broadcast in 1939. The Dodgers were the first team to wear batting helmets in 1941. I got, they were probably called wusses, Jason. Soft. What the hell do you mean you weren't batting right. <laughs> right. right. 1941. Uh, 30 first years before to, goalies uh, wore masks. But yeah. yeah. Exactly. First of all, yeah, the hockey players aren't the sharpest guys, Jason. <laughs> first, <laughs> first Major League Baseball team to have an African-American uh, player in 1947. First MLB team to have numbers on the front of their uniforms. Um, you know, we, we can go on first team to allow a female sports journalist into the locker room. Uh, we, you know, first major league baseball team to open up an office in Asia. Like we can go down, like, you Were know, they the first team to be out West them. Yes. It's good call them, but they, them and San Francisco, them and San right. Francisco. That's still West impressive. Coast, yeah. Like 1958 first like West you're Coast talking about, win. you're talking about taking you're talking about taking a, I mean, they were called the bums, but you're talking about taking a beloved team in Brooklyn and, and, and moving them across the country. And the Dodgers have, you know, the Dodgers have led MLB in attendance since 2013, long before, you know, El Presidente, El Perfecto, there's 45,000 fans in the stadium. They're 10 games out of first place that year, right? Yeah, great like, moment. They, they, but it's true. Like, I mean, lost, lost in that 2 nothing victory in the perfect game is that, is that it's like probably 105 degrees at first pitch and there's 45,000 fans and the team is 10 games out of first place. Right? And classy like fans, that, that, were that is actually, them, too. And classy fans were pulling for them, too. And classy fans were pulling for them. Yeah. Or Dennis, yeah, yeah. That's why, that's why I think a lot of people, you know, if you're like me and you don't really have a dog in a fight, uh, you're happy for Dodgers fans, right? It's a great, it's a great bunch. They, they've had awful signings the last 15, 20 years. Darren Driver, Juan Pierre, like the Jason Smith, like the, you can literally go through the list of, you know, guys who they've traded guys who they, who they traded for, fridge and signings. They've come obviously very close. 
um, they had to watch their little brother down the road win three straight champ or win three out of five. Uh, you know, the San Francisco Giants like that has to hurt, right? And for them to be able to win, obviously not in front of their fans, but it sure sounds like it was a home game in Arlington. It, it's a that's got to be a great feeling. I'm very happy for them. Yeah, the, well, yeah, the Rays don't have any fans. That's the one thing. So it's an advantage for the Dodgers. No. The eleven thousand people in the stadium. Yeah, we better, we're, we're all Dodger fans. Well, what's real nice here, Jason? Now, you know, even if, if you, there was no, go take on. Wait, COVID for a second. Let's say, let's say the Dodgers played in Tampa. Like, let's say this was a normal series. Probably would have been half Dodgers fans in Tampa, right? Maybe more. Uh, yes. Yeah. All the Floridians, the Dodgers, Vero Beach are massive, right? They're 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 a big yeah. presence in Florida uh, as well. No, you're exactly right. Where wherever wherever it would have been. But, you know, who knows? With the fans, the dynamic would, would have been changed. So the, the crazy stuff is I brought it up. So Justin Turner had coronavirus. They pull him out of the game. Yeah. There's now reports that they might have known in the third inning. But I want to know, like, come on, what's the point of doing tests if you're getting them back mid-game? No one's going to want to pull anyone in the mid-game. So uh, there's something shady here, <laughs> right? There's something nefarious and about you know what when did you who knew when what and all that and what did you guys decide all right well now we'll do the right thing with an, with an out left to, to you know so we don't get called out for this but i'm just saying it's crazy the dodgers are freaking lucky they won the game tonight jason because i i would believe that turner's not the only one that would test positive now if he has it other guys on the team have it now would they have covered it up would they not want to tell anyone can you imagine if a game seven of the world series and it's like oh yeah cody bellinger uh, Corey Seager and uh, Walker Bueller all have uh, COVID. Can't play. It's game seven. And Dave Roberts. Yeah, and exactly. The Dodgers are out of you pitchers. Know. And Bueller, they just used everyone tonight, and Bueller can't pitch tomorrow. And tough, tough crap. The game goes on. We're not postponing the game. Like, dude, like, it, who knows, man? Like, the caught, like, it's amazing. There's a fine line between winning and losing and loving AJ. So, but could you imagine, like, just what could have happened? Like the 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 what ifs if Tampa would have won tonight with the COVID and the Dodgers. Here's a better. Here, let me phrase this like this: What if they would have approached Turner at batting practice? What if what if it was one of those things where they actually knew before, and they were just like, okay, let's just sit on it, and they kind of thought about it, and they're like, okay, well, maybe let's take him out now because it's going to look bad if they do, and if MLB does investigation. And we were on the good side of an investigation in 2017, and we're the good guys now. Uh, we don't want to make it look like we're suppressing med- you know, medicine. We don't want to get fined. So they just kind of held it off until they weren't able to hold it off so they can kind of get, it can get drowned out in the, in the winning, so to speak, where no one's really going to turn up. Yeah, I, I think exactly. Turner was even on field. But imagine you know, this game starts at eight, you know, 7 o'clock Eastern. Let's say 545 by the cages, he finds out. Like, that's a totally different dynamic. Uh, also, and then that sort of puts a cloud over this game also, because not only is Turner out, but then you're kind of looking around and you're like, okay, should we play this game? Who else has it? Uh, do, do, do Rays players want to get it? Families are allowed in the bubble. There's fans in the oh, stadium. Uh, Lord knows the players, you know, there's caterers, there's trainers, there's all kinds of people. And it just, it, it puts a different sort of spin on it. And I think, they did a very good job suppressing the information. If I was a betting man, which I am, I would say that uh, they did not. They looked at the doctor and kind of didn't talk to him and sort of, you know, pretend like the game was going on until they couldn't suppress the information anymore. I don't believe anything Rob Manfred says, though. That's another thing. 
So whatever he would say, I don't I believe. That's the other thing. Right? Yeah. So like whatever. So it doesn't even matter what they tell us now. Like, and I'm a Dodger fan, so I'm not looking to stir up the pot here. I'm bringing up more from a hypothetical of, and I tell you, Jason, what would they have done tomorrow? Would they have covered it up and said, well, whatever? You can't expose Tampa to this. And imagine the the ultimate insult to injury, bro, is if Tampa now all test positive because of Turner and they lost and then they test positive right. now. Oh God, they're gonna be pissed, yeah. man. Like they're gonna be like you. They knew. I, if you're the Rays, you know it's going to come up. Yeah, when did they know? When did you guys know the Turner tested positive? Well, you guys found out in the ninth inning, huh? Really? No one believes that. Well, right? Like, no one's going to believe no, that. No, okay. no one believes it, but it kind of lets Kevin Cash off the hook by changing that narrative. Yeah, we're going to get to Kevin Cash, yeah. We're going to get to Kevin Cash on the other <laughs> side. Wow, whatever, whatever a manager is going to do in this spot is going to be second-guessed, but... Come on, man. Hey, listen, as a dog, I tweeted, so I'm on the right side of history. I tweeted as it happened. More with Jason on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without Rage-a-ho! <laughs> Late night. Vented. Jason B. Tackerman kicking it uh, with us, former general manager uh, with the uh, Vancouver Vancouver Canadians. And at the time, who were you guys uh, affiliated with? I know in, in, in the past, uh, it was Oakland, right? Oakland and uh, Seattle? Yeah, we were well. In the past, it was a bunch of teams. I think they had the Expos one year, uh, yeah, but yeah. the bulk of it was uh, during my era was Oakland. Then we moved to Toronto. Yeah, Oakland. And so uh, you know, the great, great, um, of course, great, um, great department, scouting department, and executive team with yeah. Billy with, with Bean and company uh, with, with Oakland. So, all right, before we, we get into the Dodgers and the talent that they have, and just from from your perspective, like you know. Oh, anyone would just be jealous of what they have. But we have to talk about Kevin Cash. And it seemed to me, and, it, you know, John Schmoltz was talking about it all night earlier in the game, and it seemed to me that they were in just such a hurry, man, to get to the bullpen. Like, you know what I mean? It was like yeah. they were in such a hurry, and it was one of these, well, no matter what happens, like, oh, even if he's pitching a no-hitter, you know, we stick to our plan, by gosh darn it. Uh, but, bro, Nine strikeouts, five in the third innings, nine strikeouts, and 73 pitches, Jason. And I get it. It was no the walk. third time through. Two hits. No walks, third time through. And the hit that he gave up, bro, wasn't a hard hit. It was a bloop in the center field. It was a bloop in the center field. And to get the hook that quickly, I don't care about your analytics here. It was the wrong move. And I'll tell you what, as a Dodger fan, I like my chances better with anybody else than Snell on the hill right there. The guy was nasty, bro, and in a zone, Jason. What's your take on Cash taking him out? All right, I believe uh, we've uh, we've lost Jason. We'll get uh, we'll get uh, Jason back. So 
Kevin uh, Kevin Cash. Listen, Kevin Cash has done a great job, all right. And the Rays are going to say, the Rays are going to say, well, this is what the way that we played it all year long, and this is what we got there. But listen, Jason, I'm a gambling man, and you can have a system and you can play, but you know, bro, you're a baseball guy. At some point, gut has to come into play, right? Gut and hunch, and not just gut and hunch, but your eyes and reality. And saying, yeah, we have a great bullpen, but hold on. Like, you know what I mean? One of those, hold on, hold on. You know, we're not there yet. Hold on, hold on. I mean, hell, Dave Roberts was more patient with, with Tony freaking Gonsolin. <laughs> than, you know what I mean? I Even with Gonsolin had runners on second and third, they're like, yeah, whatever, chill out. He'll get out of it. Like, cash to me, panic, bro. The way I, you know, I tweeted as it happened, so I'm not hindsighting this thing. I didn't like the move at all, and they paid the price for it, in my opinion. What's your take? Well, listen, I couldn't agree more. Um, the, ex- the built-in excuse that the, that the Rays have is that even the year that Snell won the Cy Young in 2018, he had 31 starts and 180 innings. He has not gone seven innings in 32 straight starts, dating back to his second start in 2019. He's not a horse. So, like, John Smoltz cannot relate to him, right? So Cash can say, look, we've treated this guy a certain way for the last year and a half. It's worked or whatever it is last three years. He won a Cy Young. Now, it was not only the incredibly wrong move, but you're not going to a bullpen that is on fire. You're not going to Tim Scott, Jeff Shaw, Mel Rojas, John Wetland here, right? Like, you're not going to um, – you know, you're not going to Mariano Rivera, John Wetton. Like, you're going to like, batter and bruise guys. This is actually, for me, I had sort of like a flashback to game four of the 2018 World Series with Rich Hill. Rich Hill had gone six and a third, one hit, seven Ks, three walks, 91 pitches. They were up four nothing. He had gone one, two, three in the fourth and sixth. He faced four batters in the fifth, gave up a single, three up, three down in the third after hitting a guy. He was cruising, 91 pitches. And they took him out even after he had struck his last bat in the seventh. Red Sox go on to score six. You as a Dodgers fan, you know how it ends. It is yeah. the exact same thing. And it's funny that it happened. The rules reversed this time, which is a little bit of karma for Dave Roberts. Um, but, you know, you understand why players really don't like playing for the Rays. And guess what? They're probably going to trade Blake Snell this season because he's coming into <laughs> some money, and so he, they're going to just treat him like they did Chris Archer, right? And they're just going to trade oh. him to the younger guys. And I just, like, if you were a, it's like you said, like, I'm a big believer, like, you have to think about what your enemy or your competitor wants. If you're the, if yes, you're the Rays, exactly. the, the, the Dodgers are like, oh, my God, you're taking him out for, like, you're going to the bullpen now. Like, you're asking your bullpen to get 11 outs. Jason, you're asking your bullpen Betts to get Mookie Betts Betts out twice. Mookie Betts looked like a kid in a backyard against Dad. The first two at-bats, he was lost. He was swinging it air. Anderson comes in. He nearly takes the third baseman's head off by lining it down the line, bro. Like, it was like the next pitch. You know what I mean? I know. I don't know. You're asking. It's so much. So it's one thing if, let's say, instead of 73 pitches, he was at 95. He was laboring. He couldn't find the zone. He was cooking. And and you, at the very least, if you're going to go out, you go out with your guy, right? And even more so, if your guy gets through those three guys, then you're at the bottom of the lineup and you're into the seventh. And then it's a little bit of clear sailing. Then you can kind of micromanage it or see where you are. I also thought that Cash should have played a little bit more small ball, tried to manufacture a second run. I don't know how, but 
you know, the turning point for me, the series obviously is when Manuel Margot tried to steal home home plate in the fourth inning yeah. game in game five. But in that inning, they had first and third with nobody out and they couldn't get a run in. And that to me, when you're up against Clayton Kershaw and you put two guys on, nobody out, you're not going to get anything. Like it's, you have to manufacture something. You just have to, especially with a really fast guy on a third. Like you just, you can't, you're not an offensive team. Tampa Bay essentially is a national league team, right? Like they essentially are, they may as well not have a DH. Uh, They may, they don't have the power. It's not even a payroll thing. It's the way their lineup is constructed. So they have to they they have to manufacture runs and they did it and it cost them. You know and that the 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 I you know I love the aggression of trying to steal home plate. I love trying to make the other team and you and I think the same way too. You you always got to think what you know what what you know as same thing as a better. I always think of the worst. Like oh god, if they run the ball, they're going to eat the clock for the next six six minutes and we won't cover because we won't get like you know what I mean. So I always do, and I don't understand right. why teams don't like just go for the throat and do like think what the other team doesn't want you to do, but you know they don't they don't they just don't live like that. But the the Kershaw the home play play the play of Kershaw I talked about it last night. You know the naked eye the casual fan won't realize just what a stud Kershaw was. Recognizing it, stepping off the mound so he doesn't balk, and then throwing him out at home plate, bro, like in a split second. Like you know Kershaw's not going to get yeah. the credit and. How sweet is it for Kershaw as well? He didn't win the MVP, but still, for a guy that, oh, he can't pitch in the playoffs. Well, now he's the all-time strikeout leader in playoff, playoff baseball history. He goes 2-0 in the World Series this year, and they just win the World Series, and oh, yeah, they just won the World Series in his hometown of Dallas, Texas. He's from there. So how cool is that for Kershaw? I know. It's very cool. You know, being around pitchers a lot, they all say the same thing, that the comebacker to the mound is the actually the most difficult throw to first base because you're so used to your body throwing a certain way is throwing as hard as you can. Then yeah, you have to yeah. take a little bit off of it to go to first base. Yeah, they'll lob so for it. him <laughs> to be able to, so for him to be able to like have the presence of mind to calm his body down and to throw kind of a strike at, you know, 70 or 80 miles an hour is amazing because if he airmails that and throws it away, Hunter Renfro is also in scoring position. That game is tied. Uh, it was an incredible play. I don't know why Tampa did not challenge it. It looked like he was safe. It didn't really matter because it could have been a makeup call from uh, third base, um, you know, where Margot kind of came off the bag a little bit. But for Kershaw, you know, you see this a lot with guys where they become so good that people slag on them for not winning a championship, whether that's Peyton Manning until he won. And, yep. you know, it's amazing for Kershaw. Like you said, he's the you know, he's got the most strikeouts ever in the postseason. Uh, he's going to be able to go into the sunset of his career, be able to exhale, whether he finishes off with the Dodgers I would highly doubt the Dodgers let him get away. The Dodgers are a great legacy franchise. They're going to want their guy to play uh, his entire career there. Or if he obviously wants to go home, that's one thing also, right? So he'll, he'll, you know, he'll want to be able, if he wants to go back to Texas and finish off his career there, you know, or Houston, maybe, I mean, you know, Texas, I think, I think he'll want to do that as well. Um, he's only 32. I think he's going to be 33 next year. One year left on his contract, 30 million. I only see that. Uh, he can write his own end, end. Maybe at the end end. You know what I mean? You know, he's he's had such a great run uh, with the Dodgers. I, I think he's a Dodger for life, uh, actually. Uh, unless, you know, listen, any crazy things happen. How long does he want to play uh, and all that? Um, you know, the Dodgers open up his favorites uh, for next year uh, as well. Now, as far as Snell is concerned, as far as Snell is concerned, the thing is, too, they pissed him off repeatedly by taking him out early, right? So this was this wasn't like a new thing. Yeah. 
And if you're Snell and if you're if you're on Tampa, and it's it's not fully fair because you win as a team, you lose as a team. But at the same point in time, like the Seattle Seahawks players to this day, they hold a grudge against Pete Carroll. Like even though they won a Super Bowl with him, like Richard Sherman will tell you, I should have won another one. And like the Seahawks players literally like hold a grudge against Pete Carroll for throwing the football and not giving it to Marshawn Lynch. And if you're Snell, let's just be real. I mean, you were just robbed a chance of greatness and winning. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You, you, you didn't, yeah. he didn't give you a chance. Like that's the whole thing. It's like you panicked. It was the, you know what I mean? It was the sixth inning, one hit and you panic. And then it, the game gets blown open. We've been through this before. It's one of these deals where is whoever you're going to bring in pitch better than I am right now? Probably not, <laughs> right? So yeah. I don't, you know, I just, you know, that's the thing. If you're the Rays and, you know, Cash has done a lot of things, right? But, you know, we talked about it a lot. You know, when you when these managers, when you micromanage, it's like be sitting at a blackjack table in Vegas for 22 hours straight. Like, you might be great for 21 hours <laughs> and, and 58 minutes, man. You're going to slip up and the house is going to get you. Right, you're going to make the wrong move eventually. Fatigue, drunkness, whatever it is. All right, we'll wrap up with Jason on the other side. More tricks like night. Okay. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi. Rage all you want. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. Wow. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Portrait late night continue. Dodgers champions. Dodgers are the champions. And uh, I see John Roy from Chicago um, questioning the Dodgers championship. Oh, there's an asterisk. There's no asterisk next to any of this stuff. There's no asterisk next to any of this stuff. It was a different season, uh, but it was a shorter season. There's no asterisk uh, next to uh, to uh, to anything. Um, and, and John Schmoltz uh, brought up a good point. One thing that's different, Jason, I, I'm curious your take on this, too. Uh, Jason does a baseball, great baseball podcast. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get you the info for this, but... Yeah, I think John, I'm a big John Schmoltz fan. You know, the guy's a great pitcher, great analyst. So, um, and he just, he reads the game properly. So, and Schmoltz talked about the, the shorter season tonight, talking about how these players are not fatigued, right? Not as fatigued as normal. You know, he goes, normally, you know, they didn't play 162 games. They played 60 games, so they're not as tired. But he was talking about the mental how draining it is. And he knows, bro, he was in that, that was, that's the baseball game I've ever seen, was he, the, the Braves and the Twins, right? John Schmoltz and Jack Morris. Yeah. But he knows exactly what everyone was going through tonight on the field. And he, he described it brilliantly, I thought. He really, like, brought me there. And he said, he said, you don't have no idea how draining it is out there for every player right now. He said, and the littlest thing could, like, you know, he said, every pitch, everything is just mentally taxing. And he goes, I know the feeling. And he goes, he was talking about Snell. 
And he said, you know, and he brought up, because they don't have the physical fatigue, but the mental fatigue is draining. And I was thinking about that. But also, he, you know, he mentioned you also have fresh players. You know, so a lot of times in the World Series, guys will be more beat up, Jason, right? So, and, you know, mm-hmm. and people behind the scenes don't realize how hurt players are at the end of these years. So, you know, you're dealing with guys that are fresh. I mean, smashing home runs. So we saw the long ball was, came into play more than it did in the postseason this year uh, the, than it has in past years as well. I don't know if it was a weather factor, but to me, there's no asterisk next to the NBA, the NHL, or Major League Baseball. Even have to play a stupid best of two or three. You got no benefit. You have to roll the dice and play a best of two or three out of the gate. Is there an asterisk next to this title, in your opinion? No, not even close. I know we talked about this before the season started. Like everyone's playing the same amount of games, and it's and and Smoltz hit the nail on the head. Uh, firstly, John Smoltz has 200 wins and 150 career saves. Like that'll never happen again. <laughs> where the same player gets that. Like he he literally. He literally had almost two Hall of Fame careers, right? So, so that'll never happen again. So he knows what he's talking about. Uh, he's lost a lot of close one nothing games. Also, lost Andy Pettit game five and ninety six. Like he knows what he's talking about. Um, I think there's actually more pressure when there's less games because you have a smaller sample size, and every sort of at bat means more. And I think that, I think that yeah, you'll probably talk about. You know, the 2020 World Series will be known for neutral site. It'll be known for, you know, COVID. There'll be a zillion things known for. But it still counts. And it's still a championship. And everybody, like, the pitchers are still pitching. The hitters are still hitting. Um, maybe it's a little bit easier because there's no travel. Maybe it's a little bit easier because uh, there's there was no cold weather. Nobody was playing yeah, in the cold weather. Also, like there was no cold weather. And let me just jump in and say, dude, the Dodgers and the Rays were the two best teams in baseball this year the best team in the National League and the best team in the American League. There was nothing fluky or unnatural about it. The two best teams just played a hell of a series. Yeah, I I actually think, so it's hard to say if this was a full season, because if this was a full season, David Price plays, you don't have these bullpen games, the Dodgers may have not lost a playoff game, right? Because if you can go (laughs) Bueller, Price, Kershaw in any order, whether you want to go, you know, righty, you know, lefty, righty, lefty, or whatever, so it, you don't play like you said before. I'm not a hypothetical guy either. I don't do the what ifs. Um, you could even say if it was a longer season, the Dodgers might have been more aggressive at the deadline because they would have seen the Lakers won a championship. Probably would have been jealous. The pressure would have been on them a little bit more. So again, you can't really do uh, the what if. There's no asterisks. You know, uh, Montreal fans, we saw it in 2012 when Subban won the Norris in a 48 game season. And look, everyone played a 48 game season, guys. Everyone played 60 games this year. You want to have an asterisk, you know, maybe teams at like the Phillies, Marlins, Cardinals, who had to miss games and stack doubleheaders. Yeah, it sucks for them. But everyone knew what they were getting themselves into. But there's, there's absolutely no asterisks on this Dodgers championship, period. I like what our main man, Crash, uh, in Los Angeles, who's in L.A. right now, says, tell people in East L.A. there's an asterisk next to this right now. <laughs> I like that. Right. That's a good point, guys. Right. Yeah, walk to walk, go go down on Martin Luther okay. King Boulevard right now on Fairfax and tell people there's an asterisk. See how it ends, guys. <laughs> yeah, go. You know what? Go tell. Go tell the. You know, go tell. Go tell Chavez Ravine. Forty-six thousand fans per year since 2013 is an asterisk. Or the people that pay, God knows how much. You know, a Time Warner is charging for you know, Dodgers Vision right now. You know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen dollars a month. Go tell them there's an asterisk. Just. Just silly stuff, right? Like it's it's a everyone's always looking for an angle, and everyone's always looking for 
uh, sort of, you know, a little bit of meat on the bone to talk about. And uh, I'm just, I'm very happy for Dodgers fans, yourself included. I'm very happy uh, for just how they've suffered. Cause even when they were bad, they were still very good, right? Like they were still losing playoff series in 2006 and 2000, I think it was eight. Oh, like yeah. they were still losing, right? Like in the Phillies, they had a great team in 08 with Matt Stairs pinch hit home run in game four. Like they, they, they were very close. They remind me a lot of the Red Sox before they won. You know what I mean? Like 86, 88, 90, 95, 98, 99, 2003. These are good teams, right? Because like it's a strong franchise. Yeah. So and I'm that's very why happy for I, with the Dodgers. That's why I liked them in the series. I thought the experience of them being, you know, third, third World Series in four years uh, would, would pay dividends. And I've told the story before, Jason, but it goes to show, like, the difference in how sports is. But it also shows the difference in which – loyalty in sports if you get to people young so you know i i love the expos but i was a dodger fan even as a kid dusty baker was my favorite player yeah so it was like you know oh, the cool. first year of olympic stadium 77 and then 78 so i remember i went to like batting practice before the game and I, you know, i'm like eight years old i go down to the you know and i i get a uh, steve yeager uh autographs of baseball and, you know, he starts flirting with my mother and stuff. But, you know, so Steve Yeager, I'm like, hey, Mr. Yeager, can I get your autograph? He's like, yeah, kid. He signs the ball. But get this. Then he goes, uh, he goes, hold on a minute. He goes, don't go anywhere. I'll be back in a minute. Steve Yeager comes back like five minutes later, bro. He goes, I figured uh, you'd want uh, the whole team's autograph, not just mine, kid. He got the entire team, the World Series teams that lost to the Yankees to sign, to sign the ball. So he gives me the ball. So I can't believe I don't have this ball anymore. So he gives me the ball, and, um, you know, I'm a kid, so I, I, you know, I write them a letter after. You know, thanks, uh, thanks for the baseball, and, you know, go Dodgers. I met Steve Yeager. Uh, you know, go Dodgers. I write him a letter. Thank you very much. They send back, uh, Jace. This is the class act that the Dodgers organization's always been. They send me back a plastic ball holder, bro, for free. And... Uh. Okay, you so know, you're a nice, fan for life. That's, that's it. Yeah, they, they, they said, well, you better protect that ball. And uh, they also sent me a hat and a free membership to the Dodger fan club. And they said, uh, it was uh, a letter. It said, uh, once you're a Dodger, you're always a Dodger. You're a Dodger fan for life. Dodger oh Blue. Oh, my God. Right? 1978. I like, love that. Team, teams don't do that. That's just, The Dodgers just got it. They get it. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. And here I am now, a 50-year-old man. You know, 40, uh, 43 years later, talking about this story, sentimental, you know, with near tears in my eyes. You know what I'm saying? And now, now 43 now years later. Yeah, so how can I not, like, you know, I have you, a connection to this team. Yeah. You know that story off by heart also. Yeah, right? crazy. And that's the other thing. Is, is that you know, is that you, I love, you know, listen, I used to go $3 tickets. For kids 14 and under, I was almost at every single game in 1996, my favorite Expos year. Uh, you know, I, I, I have, you know, Joe Kerrigan, my friend that I used to go down, we were one of the first oh, people yeah, into yeah. the Olympic Stadium when they opened. Joe Kerrigan used to, like, talk to us at the bullpen, like, literally talk to us as if we were either, like, media or, like, peers. What do you think? You know, <laughs> like, he would ask us what we're thinking. He would, like, tell us what he's thinking. And just, like, like we were 14. This is like, the coolest thing in the world. The blue, the the Dodgers, the Dodgers and the Expos and uh, Blue Monday. I was so torn as a kid. I remember, and I didn't want to tell people I was pulling for the Dodgers. It was like one of those weird, but I was like, wow, at least it's the Expos. And like, I remember 
even as a kid, I was 11. I was like, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It doesn't matter. I remember my father told me. Because I was like, I don't know, the Dodgers, but I, I feel bad for the Expos. <laughs> like, and uh, he goes, well, son, whatever you want is going to happen has no effect on what's going to happen. I learned at an early age, Jason. My father set me straight. Right. He goes, who you cheer for, kid, will, will be irrelevant. Whatever's gonna, whoever's going to win is going to win. And, then, and, of course, the Dodgers went on to so win good. the World Series. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, and, you know, I've told the story earlier. I just I love the baseball history of, you know, and you know, but Jackie Robinson, right? Jackie Robinson running from a pack of people in Montreal. And Jackie told the press at the time, first time I ever ran from a pack of white people, not in fear. Because the kids wanted it. Right. They were, like, tearing his clothes off and autographs and stuff. Like, he was, like, such a star. Right. That he used to have to run, like, run to a taxi after the games. And he said, first, he told his wife, first time, honey, I've ever run from a pack of white people, not out of fear. <laughs> and, and, and you know, Jason, there's the statue outside Olympic Stadium, right? I know. Very, very deep. You know, it's almost one of the sad things with the Montreal Canadiens being so good is that it really dilutes a lot of the great other athletes that have come from Montreal, particularly with the Expo. Oh. So like Tim Raines, Lyle Walker, and Jackie Robinson. And you just wouldn't – this should be front and center, but because the, the Habs are a very unique organization where they can literally ice two Hall of Famer, you know, two, two full teams with the Hall of Famers – uh, it gets lost a little bit of this. I would actually love Jackie Robinson's street and have it to be a little bit more prominent, maybe a highway, maybe something a little, uh, a little bit more visual. But lots of I mean, look. I, I can go on about you know baseball Montreal and, and and part of me, to be honest with you, was hoping that the Rays were going to win and that we're going to get their new stadium because I hate how Montreal is used as the running back in a play action play. Uh, and they yeah. haul out Bronfman to do these interviews. I, I and I'm and he means well. It's not him. It's He's doing the right thing, right? He's he's a good guy. Uh, I just I can't see my city being used like this anymore. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I it just it really hurts me that like we're used and we have to sort of haul out the like yeah let's do a split season and like that that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. Right? I was all There's in. Literally a million things wrong with it. Come I've been on. all in with this, but. At some point, like, and listen, I respect the hell out of Garber and what what he's built and what he's come, and 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 you talk about uh, about you know Stephen and stuff, and but at some point, guys, it's like let's stop talking. We're doing or we're not, right? It's like no, we're not splitting. You know, you you got the land for the stadium. The mayor is on board. Like at some point, like put the money on the table. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, you. Right? I don't think I don't think this COVID stuff helps. The yeah, COVID's temporary, right? Like, I, I, I think they'll they'll get the provincial support. Like, they'll get, you know, they have... They well, have, we only got 30 seconds, uh, Jason, sorry. They have an owner with a lot of money, and they have a local French TV deal. Couldn't just be all positive. They're not my I, Texas. I'm going to see how it's going oh, no. <laughs> Houston Oilers died a long time ago. All right, that's it, all right? So they're dead to you. Uh, that's right. I got to bring out. I forgot to bust out my Warren Moon. Maybe next time. Hey, listen, we got to get out of here. Where can people next find time. your podcast, bro? At IBWAA Podcast. But find me on at Jason B. Packinson on Twitter. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Great to chat ball with you, pal. Let's do it again, Jason. You're the man. Okay. More Take trades. care, pal. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Yes. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Sports Rage Late Night continues. We've only got a couple of minutes left. So, uh, Dodgers fan, he's talking about uh, Justin Turner and a positive uh, COVID test. You know, this is going to be a big story. People are going to wonder what the hell's going on uh, right now. Um, but I see that uh, Sarah Spain, Sarah Spain is reporting that he tested positive yesterday. They got the positive results back. Earlier today, they ran a test again today. He came back positive again. This was not a case of a false positive. He was asked not to go on the field. He insisted upon it, and the Dodgers insisted upon it. Uh, says Sarah Spain. And, oh, God, there's vid- they have video here of Justin Turner kissing people and hugging people. Even though he's got coronavirus, uh, this, is, this, 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 this thing blowing up. There's a picture of him making out with his wife holding the World Series trophy. <laughs> Dodger, Dodger players are all hugging him and stuff. He's got a mask on, but wow. Yeah, this this isn't going to – man, the Rays aren't going to like this. It didn't affect the game, though, but there's a problem. Like, basically, Justin Turner shouldn't have played. Justin Turner shouldn't have played. Let's just call it out for what it is. He shouldn't have played. Yeah, where was baseball on this? So, like, Sarah Spain's reporting that he insisted on it and the Dodgers insisted on it. And so what? I insist on going into a bank and taking $5 million out of the vault. Doesn't mean I can do it. Like, yeah, we all can insist to do a lot of things in this world. It It doesn't mean anything. So, I don't know. It's like, you know, I think, and Steve Merrill brought it up earlier, I think Steve is on. I think I. I think they probably there was probably a million covers ups that we just don't know about, right? And how many teams too in the NFL? I'm like, really? Like, how do you? How does? How does the league know every time a player tests positive? They're not the ones testing these players, especially in college right now. Look at Nick Saban. He got it. He coached. Like, you know, it's too bad. This is going to be a story instead of the, the title. It's like everything. It'll go away. Other than that, you're on your own. 